everyone, this is Josh Brown. You've tuned in to a special first Friday edition of Jesus is Real Radio. Normally you hear solid Bible teaching from Pastor Daniel Fusco every day on this program, but the first Friday is a little different. Uh, we break from the normal recorded messages and we bring you this special broadcast where Pastor Daniel joins me in the studio. Daniel, how you doing, bro? Josh, I'm doing great. Everyone out there in radio land, I love these first Friday times that we get to just get down, sit down, talk, and see what God's up to. Yeah, every first Friday of the month, like I said, Pastor Daniel joins me to talk about the current series here on Jesus is Real Radio, sometimes current events, and even what's happening at Crossroads. Uh, Pastor Daniel, as always, we've kind of been doing this the last few months. I want to keep up this tradition, I'll say, that we've started. We want to open today's broadcast with prayer. Would you do that for us? Oh, I'd be happy to. Lord, I want to thank you that not only do you do good, but you are good. And at every step Mm. of our lives, you are right there with us at street level because Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm always Mm. with you, even to the end of the age. And so, Father, your presence makes, no matter what's going on in our world, no matter what's going on in our life, it makes it not just bearable, but enjoyable. And so, God, will you let us Mm. become more aware that you are with us at every moment. Lord, fill us afresh with your spirit and lead in, in these next 30 or so minutes that we're together. Let us be built up in our most holy faith that we might be your hands and feet in a broken world. And we ask it in Jesus' name and all of God's people said, amen. 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 Thanks, Pastor Daniel. Okay. So in the last two First Friday broadcasts, we talked about the challenging and what has been a very polarizing subject, politics. In October, we talked about why the political realm is so divisive, what really drives that divisiveness. And then last month, November, we shared with listeners a simple three-step process for voting. As you know, our country voted a little less than a month ago, and Donald Trump is now the president of the United States. Daniel, you mentioned that after the election, our country would be divided because half obviously didn't get what they wanted. They didn't get the candidate they'd hoped would win. Before we dive into today's topic, can you speak to those listeners that are disappointed with the outcome? Well, yeah, I think that for somebody who is disappointed with the outcome, I think what I want to encourage you is to hope in God. At at, at this juncture with a a brand new president-elect, we need to pray that God would bless them, that God would give uh, Donald Trump uh, supernatural wisdom, Mm. that uh, God's purposes and plans would be formed in his heart. Right. uh, Uh, of not only the new president, but all the new elected officials, because I believe that as Christians, according to Romans 13, God invites us to pray for those who God has ordained to be in power. And Mm -hmm. so that's our job at this point. And and I would have said that no matter who got elected, that that, no matter who gets elected, our job as Christians is exactly the same. So I would encourage you just to to get your eyes on Jesus and and to trust Jesus and and, and give give the new president uh, an opportunity to, 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 
to show us who he is and, right. and what he's going to do. And, and so, I, you know, I've been really thinking about this a lot that I think that the election cycle, it, it oftentimes with the way that it works and it's divisive, it brings out the worst of who we are. And so mm-hmm. I think that uh, we see what we see, but God sees potential. And so I'm, I've been saying, Lord, I want your potential to be uh, blossoming in the heart of our president-elect and in our country. And uh, I would love for people to join me in doing that. Mm, amen. Thanks, Pastor Daniel. This election has truly been an eye-opener and something that's caused many Christians uh, to seek the Lord in these in these trying, turbulent times. Okay, so let's move on to a happier topic, Christmas. We are only 23 days away, and this is the time of the year where many Christians celebrate the birth of Jesus Christ. It's a time where families who may not see each other very often, they get together for a meal and a time of enjoying one another's company. Daniel, tell me, what's this like for you and your family? Well, you know, the old song says that it's the most wonderful time of the year. And there's no doubt that there's something so uh, festive and joyful about the Christmas season. And so for my family, I may have small kids right. at home. I have three of them. And so it's super busy with uh, with uh, shopping and going to Christmas gatherings right. and Christmas concerts. And, and, uh, and it's a blast. I mean, like my family, we really just try and enjoy uh, all that the season is by taking the time and going slow and getting a Christmas tree and. And, and and spending time drinking hot chocolate yeah. and, and and going out to look at Christmas lights and we don't sing too many Christmas carols and but then also you know in the life of of crossroads uh, it is one of the most busy times right. with a million things going on so I, I like to call Christmas season it's happy chaos <laughs> and so uh, the key for us is to always be able to keep our eyes on Jesus and we're always reminding our kids in the world that we live in that that the reason we give each other gifts and the reason we celebrate is because God has given us the ultimate gift, and that is the coming of his son, Jesus, uh, for us. And uh, we want to commemorate that, and we celebrate Jesus all through the season. Amen. And, and that's that's really what today's uh, special broadcast is about. We're, we want to dive into some pretty, pretty heady topics and kind of peel the layers back. It's not just about gift giving. It's not just about the tree or even the dinners and the time of fellowship with our families. There are some really important things in our faith that surround um, this holiday. Uh, The virgin birth of Christ, the incarnation of Christ. Now, for those of you listening, you might not be familiar with these doctrinal words. Pastor Daniel's going to shed some light on them. So first, Pastor Daniel, to begin, can you give listeners some basic insight as to what the virgin birth of Christ was? Absolutely. So the virgin birth speaks to the fact that God is Jesus's father. So Jesus is of supernatural birth. Right. But in order for God to become flesh, he needed a mother of Jesus's humanity, and God chose a young woman named Mary. Mm. Now, it says that Mary was betrothed to to Joseph. So in, in our culture, it'd be almost like that they were engaged. In, in Jesus' culture, they were legally married, but they had never consummated the relationship. Right. And so before they had consummated that, re, that, that, that betrothal into marriage, uh, the Spirit of God came upon Mary, and Mary was found to be uh, with child, 
but not of a human father. And mm. so really the idea of the virgin birth, it really speaks to the fact that Mary had never known a man before Jesus was born. Hmm. And so uh, she was a set apart. She was uh, completely pure in that sense. And, and she was God's chosen vessel to, to be the, the mother of Jesus' humanity. Now notice I say that very specifically that way because I think it's very important because if we're not careful and there's some uh, uh, groups within what we would call uh, Christianity as a whole, you know, that would say that uh, Mary was the mother of God. And, 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 that's, and that's not true hmm. because God can't be uh, born. God has been uh, ever present. Uh, forever existent. Mm. And so uh, in order for Jesus to become a man, he needed to take on humanity. And so Mary was the mother, not of God, but of Jesus's humanity. Mm. And so Mary added the human element, the father and the spirit added added the eternal and, 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 the, and the godness element. And, and that is what the virgin birth is all about. And don't miss the fact that this was prophesied in numerous right. places in the Old Testament, and specifically in the early chapters of the prophet Isaiah. Wow. It, 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 this is one of those things that goes against everything that we think of. And I, I think this is one of those things that the world scoffs at. Physiologically, you know, Mary had never experienced intimacy. She was, she was a virgin. She had never known a man, as, as you said, but yet she was with child. And, and the scriptures even say of the Holy Spirit. Why do you think the world scoffs at this? Why do you think they they dismiss this this miracle? So people scoff at the idea of the virgin birth for a number of reasons. I think one is because they don't actually think through it. Like, let me give you an example. I meet people all the time who talk to me about, I couldn't believe in Jesus. I mean, who can believe that a virgin can can be with child? And I always say that, I always answer it the same way. I'm like, well, actually, all of us believe that. I'm like, because... In the day and age in which we live, a, a woman who's never had intercourse with a man can be artificially inseminated through the technology that we have. So it's absolutely not only even plausible, it's, it's extraordinarily realistic for this to happen. And if there is a God, and I know that there is, and if that God created humanity, then that God knows more than humanity. So if hum, humans can figure out technologically speaking, how to have this happen, then God could, and God knew it long in advance. So that's one thing that I always tell people, and it always kind of makes them stop, like, oh, I never thought of it that way. So it's absolutely possible. Humans can figure out how to do it in, in a laboratory. So God already knew how to do it. I think the other reason people scoff at it is because the idea that God walked among us as the person of Jesus People don't want to have to bow the knee to Jesus. They don't want this man to rule over them. And so there is part of our sin nature is rebellion against God. And so if uh, Jesus is God in the flesh, which the Bible reveals him to be, which I absolutely believe that he is, and I hope that everyone else believes that he is as well, then we are held to account because of who he is by by nature of, of his position and calling uh, in God's kingdom. And so I think those are some of the reasons that the world scoffs at the idea of the virgin birth, but it is absolutely plausible biologically and uh, existentially. I want to move on to something a bit more mystical, okay? The, the incarnation. Now, I know that's a fancy church doctrine word. Daniel, would you break that down for us? What is the incarnation? You've talked about it a little bit thus far, but could you could you unpack that a bit more? Absolutely. So 
the incarnation. I remember when I first heard the word. I didn't, you know, I didn't grow up in a, in a, in a Christian family and or reading the Bible or anything. I remember when I first heard of the incarnation. I, like I just thought it was an instant breakfast. You know, I thought of <laughs> carnation, instant breakfast. <laughs> Uh, but but the word literally means the enfleshment, the taking on of mm. flesh. So the virgin birth is the vehicle for God's great redemptive plan, which is God to enter into his creation as a man, to be that great high priest who can sympathize with all of our weaknesses because as Jesus was tempted as we are, but yet he was without sin. So uh, John's gospel in John chapter one says the word became flesh and dwelt among us. There's one paraphrase of the Bible where it's put this way, that that God moved into the neighborhood. And so really God's plan, it wasn't just about having a virgin, having a child. It's about God taking on flesh to be able to redeem humanity. Mm. And Jesus did that first through his perfectly lived life. Jesus lived as all of us should, but failed to. Jesus lived as Israel should have, but Israel Mm -hmm. had failed Mm -hmm. to. And because he lived that perfect life, he was an acceptable sacrifice on the cross to forgive sins, to redeem people for the sins that they've committed. And so, you know, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. So one of the reasons we celebrate not only the birth of Jesus at Christmas time and the incarnation is because this is God's way to buy us back. Mm. In, contained in that little baby in the manger in Bethlehem is all of the hopes and dreams, not only of Israel, but all of humanity, mm-hmm. which we get to become partakers in, in Christ through faith because of God's grace. And so the incarnation, it's a big idea, but just as Jesus was incarnate into uh, into our world to redeem us, then by the power of the Spirit, God sends us incarnationally into the world to be his hands and feet, not to redeem the world, that's Jesus' mm. job, but to be uh, ambassadors or heralders or, or, or preachers and speakers and people who are living out of that reality that Jesus is mm. real. I don't know whether it was your book Ahead of the Curve or your new book, Honestly, or maybe something I heard from you in public, um, but I remember you saying that the the humanity of Christ and the deity of Christ is like a tightrope, and you have to maintain tension. There's a really, really powerful tension between these two concepts. If there's slack on either end of the line, we've got a problem. So the incarnation was is something that's so important. Can you tell us a little bit more about why it's so important? Well, I, absolutely. The reason it's important, of course, is because this was God's plan from the beginning, that he would come and enter humanity as, mm. as Jesus, his son, the second person of the Trinity, to redeem the world. And so, so it's important on that basis alone, but it is important for us because Jesus not only is our Lord and Savior, but he is our example and teacher of how to live life in this world like what is the type of life that that god uh, enjoys jesus said i always do those things which please my father and so but you know that idea that we need to keep these things in tension see jesus wasn't 50 percent god and 50 percent man he was 100 percent god and 100 percent man he was fully god and fully human right and so what happens is if somebody leans doesn't hold it in tension but leans into the Jesus' deity more than his humanity, then you look at Jesus' life like, well, I could never be like Jesus because he was God and I'm not God. But Jesus said that we'll be able to do greater works than he did because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So so we don't want to lean too far into Jesus' deity in uh, you know, pulling away from his humanity. Or you go to a church and some people, they're so focused on Jesus' humanity 
as a great exemplar and teacher that we right. lose that we have to worship him because he is fully God. And so we lose so we need to keep these two pieces his deity and his humanity, who Jesus truly is. We need to hold it in tension so that we will worship mm-hmm. the true and living God. As I like to say, not only is Jesus God-like, but God is Jesus-like. If, if there's one God in, in, in distinct persons of the Father, Son, and Spirit, then, then they share the same characteristics. And so we want to make sure that we see Jesus for who he truly is because that's who God is seeking to transform us into his image. If Jesus was God in the flesh and he knows what it's like to live on this earth, Daniel, what keeps people from enjoying that relationship with Jesus? Well, there's a number of things. And I, I think the Bible speaks about the world, the flesh, and the devil. Mm. 